All right, I'm a rock star. I'm going to do it like this. How y'all doing? UCB. I'm exhausted. Do you mind if I take a seat? I feel like I want to take a seat like a cool uncle, like this. That's not how cool uncle sits, Tim. I feel like it is. It's making me uncomfortable. It's precarious. You're going to hurt yourself. We've almost made it out of this place unscathed. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for coming along to the show tonight. Um, thanks so much if you came along last night. Yeah. Make some noise if you did come along last night as well. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, for those of you who missed it, that was probably where we expended a lot of the energy. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, don't feel too bad about it, though, because we've just seen Grown Ups 1 for the first time, and we've got a lot to unpack, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. There's something unique about all of this, mainly our stupidity and commitment to the stupidity. That's the unique thing. The weird thing is that you guys got on board at some stage, and now we're all in a room together, and I feel awkward. I feel hungover. I feel sleep deprived. I feel you like look, I've been in you LA. You look like hell. I do. <laughs> I believe you. Normally, I would attack you for attacking me, but there's no denying it. LA has taken months off my life, and I've been here for about seven days or so. Wonderful town. Great city you got here. Hell of a city. Lots to do. I'm burnt out. I'm jaded. Feel like I've seen it all. You've seen. You Ran have- into a homeless man today, just scatting and riffing on the street, singing some blues tunes to me. Didn't know what to make of it. Thought it was kind of cool that he was singing, had a great voice. Felt a little depressed he was living on the streets. It's a really good anecdote, Tim. You should buff that out with some more, you know, ups and downs, and, and we could be looking at a sort of a stage ready anecdote right yeah? there. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, you guys might notice that we're wearing aprons at the moment from Gold's Gym. Uh, we've got to thank our fans, Gart yeah. and Eleanor, for these. So thank please give so a round much. of applause to them. Yeah. I spent real American dollars. Let's get off the seats. I feel like it's going to build tension and energy. Okay. If we, get, if we walk around, strut around, make the stage our own, you know? Let's get this thing going. So um, if you've walked into the wrong room, my name is Tim Bat. Uh, this guy's Guy Montgomery. And we've watched the movie Grown Ups 2 52 times. Um, <laughs> You don't need support for that. Yeah, you don't I need support for that, which is why we're genuinely why we're a little bit frazzled right now. We finished doing that last night. We had a big party, and uh, accordingly, it's taken, as Tim said, a lot of the edge off the day. Yeah, uh, we slept until three o'clock uh, and still didn't have a copy of Grown Ups ready to watch this afternoon. Luckily, the staff here are amazing. Yeah, and uh, we just we made it work. So we watched we watched Grown Ups one and. Fuck, I don't even really know where to start. I mean, the obvious question is. Did Which you, is the better movie? You know? Well, that feels like we should start broad and then start drilling into the details. I came into this movie with great expectations, um, with a copy of, Dave, uh, of that book by what, Charles Dickens, and uh, I didn't get to read any of it because I had to watch it. That's, yeah. that's clever, man. You have me. Yeah, I'm a real, I'm a real droll guy, too. I'm real witty. Uh, nice. It's great to share it with America. No, yeah. I ge- but I genuinely did. I had built it up in my mind, as you might expect, someone who's been experiencing the other film, for so long, and I was really excited to see some of my favourite familiar faces try some other wacky antics. Oh yeah, and Rob Schneider as well. I was I was very excited about Rob Schneider. Uh, we had a bit of a discussion today about Rob Schneider's history. I was a big fan of the Animal and Juice Bigelow. You owned the Animal that. on physical I owned media, it on VHS, which is baffling to me. But you did. And uh, Rob Bigelow, I got on board with that. Well, when that first came out, and Rob Schneider came to party in in Grown Ups One today. Boy, did he! 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gents, let me tell you about Rob Schneider's character in Grown Ups 1. Firstly, they forgot to give his character a name. So he's the only one who's just his first name. They call him Rob or Robbie. Which is actually kind of neat, because I read somewhere that Nick Swartzen is meant to be the brother of Rob Schneider's character in the second Grown Ups yeah. film. Yeah, although that's uh, never referenced no. in either film. You're just supposed to know. It's backstory that they don't deliver to us. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing about that is Nick's character is also just named Nick. They both just got thrown in as an extra, maybe to take a bit of the heat off them when the press get their claws out, because neither <laughs> of the films really followed through. They're fall guys, is what they're there for. But Rob was bloody good, I thought. I'm going back on the chair. He, uh, all right. This is not working out You're not out even wearing shoes, man. Yeah. I mean, at least I've got jandals on, for crying out loud. Talk to me about Rob, Tim. Rob is a complicated character, because he's dating a woman, I would estimate, 30 years his senior in the film... And there's a lot of sexuality between the two. A lot of overt sexuality. A lot of tongues touching each other. And Rob is a spiritual soul. Uh, Not unlike the real Rob Schneider. I feel like it's actually him, but dialed up. I think that's how they arrived at the character. This was very interesting as well, because uh, there's sort of a few theories flying around as to why Rob Schneider didn't get involved in the second Grown Ups 2. Namely, he might have had a falling out with with Adam or some Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. So glad you made it. That's um, it's live, you know. But the 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 thing Riffin is, the thing is, Tim, is that Rob's character was sort of he was the most bullied. Like, there's a lot of bullying going on amongst this group of friends, but he was the most yeah. bullied of all the characters in the first film. Yeah. And I feel like that is a direct reflection of the relationship in real life. I feel like maybe offset, off camera, uh-huh. on set, off camera. Sorry, Rob was joking around with the other guys, and they probably pushed him a little too hard. And he was like, you know what? Oh, fuck you. I'm not going to come back and do your movie That's again. right. I might be Rob Schneider, but I have standards, goddammit. And yeah. um, this is <laughs> and breaching And Bigelow 2 is where I draw the line. I'm not going to go beyond that. But, that yeah, d- I mean, did you, did you pick up on that? That Rob was a... Like, I thought that there oh, was... Oh, yeah, a- he was the butt of every joke. It was... Now, it's hard to measure whether I've lost... I've definitely lost a lot of perspective in grown-ups, too, because on account of the fact that I've seen it four and a half dozen times. But... I'm trying to map which movie has a meaner spirit, and it feels like Grown Ups 1 does. Uh, Grown Ups 1 kept me... Oh, it's so fucking hard to know, man. Isn't it? Um, it uh, Here's what I... Let me say this. Here's what I enjoyed about Grown Ups 1 versus Grown Ups 2. There's actually some arcs. People are going through a journey. Roxanne is a stone-cold yeah. bitch at the start of the film. Roxanne, Lenny Fader's wife, played by Selma Hayek. She's a very unlikable character, folks. 
deeply unlikable. And then, but suddenly a flick switches inside her when she forgets, she remembers she can't throw a rock anymore. Yeah. Or she can't skim a stone. And then she's like, okay, I'm going recalibrate- <laughs> to yeah, recalibrate my entire life based on this incident. <laughs> Which seems rash. Yeah, it did seem a mite rash. She was missing a very important fashion show in Milan. It's quite funny. In the second film, she now owns a rundown boutique store in some small town in Connecticut. <laughs> Run by Terry Presumably what happened between the films was her career went down the tubes. Yeah. Uh, she went walking around the streets of Los Angeles, ran to Sherry O'Terry a couple of days after her Curb Your Enthusiasm episode and said, hey, do you want to work at my store in Connecticut? Sherry said, why not? And that's pretty much how they wrote that storyline into the second film. What I would love to see is a trajectory for, for those two, for Adam Sandler and some of Hayek's characters is that, because Adam stepped away from the entertainment world. He's a big shot Hollywood agent in this movie. He's actually kind of quite a strong character. In Grown Ups too. he's just like a guy with some stuff happening around him, hanging out with his friends. In the first one, though, he's a dude with problems. He's a father who's got kids that he hates. Which is something. If you want to talk about a parent with kids they hate, Eric Lamonsoff. Oh, Christ. He is like, he was a bad guy in Grown Ups 2. He is possibly a worse guy in Grown Ups 1. Like, yeah. we were saying he should, his wife, Susie, should divorce him. Sally. Sally. God. Whoa. I've seen it 52 times. I mislearned the name and it never changed. Right. I'm, I don't know how that relationship has stuck together. Yeah, because Sally's, uh, Sally's a weird kettle of fish in this movie as well breastfeeding her four-year-old son and like my grandma always said if they're old enough to ask for it they're too old to get it <laughs> it's weird seeing a growing talking human rolling around sucking on a nipple which i guess is why they put that's, it in the that's film. why it's a joke yeah it's, it's hilarious i didn't find it hilarious I, f- I found it deeply disturbing and if you were going to draw an inference out of what the result was bean turns out to be uh what's the word learning disabled in the second movie so I guess the inference it's, is if you, if you leave him on the tit too long, that brain's going to overcook. It's going to be no good. It's going yeah. to be no good for school. That's, Won't know how to do math. They call breast milk brain food in New Zealand uh, because that's what it is. There's a really big black market for it. It's, um, we're joking. Just <laughs> That's the fastest I've ever seen you pull out well, of a yeah. gag. <laughs> I don't want to spread too much misinformation about where we're from. Guys, where he's a cultural ambassador. Uh, it's not a it's it's not a black market. It's open slather. It's available in stores, supermarkets, dairies. Wet nurses everywhere, but it's illegal. It's like prostitution is here. Ironically, prostitution very legal in New Zealand, but wet nurse is very illegal. Yeah. So that's where the demand is. You see, the police force and the whole government is in tatters over there. There's really no knowing <laughs> which way is up. Yeah. Tim, I am exhausted. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Okay, I was going somewhere with this. I was going somewhere with this. So as a trajectory, because we've heard a lot about the... In fact, someone told us last night, Grown Ups 3, because we've heard that the script is being worked on, and what we heard from a gentleman last night is that it's going to be part of the six-movie deal that he's just inked with Netflix. (laughs) Audible... But like uh, inhalations of breath from the crowd there. But of course, of course, you can see... I, the product placement was a little more sinister in Grown Ups 1 for me this Back evening. And fast and heavy. There was some really mean. interesting stuff, like uh, Coke was obviously one of the prime sponsors in this first film. They reference, they, they're drinking Fanta. Uh, they talk about Sprite and Coke. You see a bit of Coke logos thrown around. What obviously happened is Pepsi yeah. saw that and intervened in between and were like, we're going to throw some of that sweet marketing money at Adam Sandler and the guys trying up. I don't know. I found it interesting. Obviously, it's not if you haven't watched the movie 52 times. <laughs> 
That's well, okay. There's another potential thing that it's just you and me, man. Yeah. Pretend like they're not here. It's okay? You and me in yeah, a room. I'm worried about you, dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm coming apart at the you seams. You look very. This is the lowest I think I've ever seen you in. Which is ironic because this is the whole thing's. Well, yeah, the whole thing's behind us now. In, yeah. a, in a way, my little man's all tuckered out from last night. I am tuckered out. Pop, pop. Ah. It's just. It's just. It's not. I was so. Oh, it's disgusting what I'm doing. <laughs> Guy's just tampered with his beer with his foot. Now he has to put that to his mouth. So. Uh, it's just, I just wanted it to be good. People had told us it was good, Tim. I wanted to enjoy it, but it's just as fucking like, it's just as clunky and confused and there's still no through line. It's just a bunch of random scenes scattered across a fucking lakeside setting. Yeah. It doesn't amount to anything. The closest thing they had to pathos is at the start of the movie when the coach dies and I was invested in the characters. I was like, this hasn't happened in a grown-ups film before. And then they throw it. All away. They just go to a lake and fuck around. What do you expect, guy? It's not a good movie. It's a cash grab. It's a family comedy. I hate it. <laughs> I'm in the sense that you did not enjoy our watch of Grown Ups one. I got. A, I noticed a cool thing. Yeah. Dennis Dugan, uh, aka the Doctor, Doctor Dugan. Who's, he's the director of both films. He played the Doctor in Santa Connecticut. I like to think like one of the things this movie did do for me was create. It sort of put even more texture into this universe of Adam Sandler films. Sort of the like you Sandler know how there's you con- know the word you use the word. Cons- the you know there's a, like a theory that all the Pixar films take place in the same universe. Yeah, I like to think the same thing with with Sandler, and so all of his films. Well, and specifically, I like to think the same thing with David Hasselhoff. Yeah, I know you do. So like Mitch Buchanan from Baywatch and Michael Knight are the same guy. And the David Hasselhoff that we know from the YouTube video where he gets drunk and he's eating a hamburger, being a really bad dad. I don't want to... That's the same guy, but just at a different stage of his life. But that's a man who's lived. Yeah. Not always been a good dude, but when he gets to the pearly gates in St. Peter's, it's like, what have you done with your life? He's like, well, I was a lifeguard (laughs) and a spy, kind of, with a cool car. I brought down the Berlin Wall. I'm David Hasselhoff, bitch. Sung in German. Sung a little heart out. Cause change in the world. Well, what I noticed was Dennis Dugan was the basketball referee at the very start of this movie. Nice. So, so like he's bringing a Hitchcock vibe where he inserts himself into every film. And he's yeah. like, guess what? But Hitchcock. moreover, it's the same character. So he eventually retired because he couldn't keep up with the pace of intermediate school basketball. Ah. Went to university, got himself a med degree and Jesus. started earning some pretty sweet <laughs> cash down at the local medical clinic. Uh, but sadly, he started burning the candle at both ends because he kept up some night uh, exercise as a referee. And that's... That's why he's the raging alcoholic party animal that he is. <laughs> and it's probably why he's directing these god-awful films. Well, I've got two questions for you. Number one, how long do you think it takes to become a doctor from scratch? Seven years. How long do you think there is between the first and second movie? I like to think they happen in consecutive days. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then... What the fuck is going on with Dennis Dugan? Well, we've also stumbled Hold into on, other conspiracy on theories. Warlock. Yeah, he could be a time traveling warlock. Maybe I mean, Brandon's anything's possible. But people, I can't remember if we've talked about it or if people have spoken to us about it about the fact that the days in this universe are hellishly long. Like, yeah, there's, there's a real purgatory vibe to there's it. There's like 700 hours in a day. Like a casino, you don't. You don't get any sense of where or when you are. You know that you're just existing. Because conceivably, Adam Sandler on the phone at the start, he says, uh, happy July 4th, right? Yeah. So it's July 4th. And then at the end of the day, they're watching bloody July 4th fireworks. Yeah. They use I at like least... It's cute that you call it July 4th and not the 4th of July. It tickles <sighs> me. 
My brain's not going. I know. Um, but, okay, so the thing is, though, within the film, they used, like, to cut between scenes that didn't have an ending, yeah. they would just use a shot of the lake at sunrise. Yeah. So that happened three times. <laughs> so within the one day, there were still three cycles of the sun. Wow. Now, what's to say yeah. that there were more of those sunrises that they just didn't have to insert because some of the scenes had logical endpoints? Does any of this make sense? Kind of. What you're suggesting is pretty terrifying, though. It's very Groundhog Day. So you like you go to sleep and it's nighttime, and you wake up and it's morning, but you're in the same day. Yeah, but there's a whole lot of other people who it's happening to as well. It may be happening at different rates because we know. That, okay, so Dennis Dugan, it's happening enough that he can become a doctor <laughs> in the course of one day. But with like Becky Fader, she ages approximately three years. But yeah. then uh, Greg. Adam Sandler's son in the movie. He goes through it. Holy crap. Yeah. Puberty hits that boy like a ton of fuck. He is a different he's, dude. He's getting hairs where he's never had hairs before. Yeah. And his voice is completely different. His face looks rearranged. He's Keithy, presumably on the other hand. discovered marijuana because his eyes are yeah. glazed in the second film, but they were bloody wide open in the first. But Adam Sandler's other son hasn't aged a day. So he is Whoa. the audience surrogate. He's the one representing the people. Fuck. Now, what's going on with Rob Schneider? Because he obviously, his, Rob his vessel... Rob Schneider metamorphosized into Nick Swartzen. Whoa, okay. He found drugs, he blew out his face, changed, boom, so, Nick Swartzen. So Nick, is, in the second movie, is like Gandalf the Grey to his Fuck. original Gandalf. I'm not with you. I don't know how these people could be, but keep talking. No, Gandalf the White. You guys know Lord <laughs> of the Rings, right? Um, Gandalf the White is when he comes back after death, right? Okay, so Nick Swartzen is Gandalf the White to Rob Schneider's normal Gandalf. Yep, sure. It's just, it's just, it wasn't good. And, and it was unreasonable of us to expect it to be good. You really had your hopes up. I did. I've been bloody giddy all week. Like, yeah. oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so wonderful to see these characters do different things. Can you can, just... They're not, real, they're not likable characters. Real quick, um, make some noise if you have seen Grown Ups 1 in your life. Yeah? Okay, a few people. Cool. Uh, make we, some noise if you enjoyed the film. Okay, cool. No, I just wanted to check we're all in the same place. Should we explain the plot? I would love to try. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's do it. Act one. (laughs) We open on a family headed by the patriarchal Adam Sandler. No. no. Oh, shit. Have I got it wrong already? Yeah. Oh, no. Act one. A children's basketball game. Oh, you're right. That's really important to the film. An inspiring coach, a game-winning shot from Lenny Fader, a.k.a. Adam Sandler. Aged... It's 1987, you do the math. They all, they all live in Stanton, Connecticut. They celebrated a lakeside house. Yeah. Uh, act two, the coach is now dead and it's the modern day. Well, hold on. That's like scene two, isn't it? Really I don't want to do the plot anymore, okay. Tim. I've changed my <laughs> okay. mind. Could you, do you reckon you could do a log line for this film? Let's play the executives game. Yeah, that's fun. Pitch me, Grown Ups 1. You work for Sony Pictures, right? The fuck are you doing in my office? Sensing a little hostility. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the hell you are. I work look, for Sony Pictures. That's right. I'm, what do you got for me? Firstly, look, who are you? 
My name's Ryan McSee. And, uh... <laughs> what nationality are you, Ryan? Your last name felt like it was going to another syllable and then it just stopped. Yeah. I'm a New Zealander. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I've got to be honest with you, my heart's not really in this pitch. Yeah. My, my boss made me come along. I haven't really prepared anything and neither has he, so I'm just going to spitball some ideas. Well, I like everything you're saying so far, so please continue. We've got Adam Sandler. Um, are you in? <laughs> Let's get you a check. <laughs> That's pretty much how those meetings go. <laughs> It like, is interesting to um, try and think about how this did get green lit. But I guess when you're Adam Sandler, no, he's got it's a whole... Not, do you know how <laughs> this movie not got... Interesting? The, you know how you green light this movie? Yeah. You fucking put David Spade, Chris Rock, Kevin James, and Adam Sandler on a poster. And Rob Schneider. You don't put Rob Schneider on the poster. <laughs> you put his name in a slightly smaller font on the poster, sure. And then, like, and then people go and watch what happens. That's how, you, that's how this movie comes into fruition. All right. I took some notes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review them. Good because on um, something I wanted to bring up was uh, heckling at a funeral. What a great idea. <laughs> I think we need to start turning funerals into roasts on a more consistent basis. I don't think this should just happen in Adam Sandler films. I want to start really, attending funerals. Really people are driving each lighten other. Lighten the tone. Yeah. Even before the funeral, there was a lot of... The, all of the jokes in the first like break of this movie are pretty much like... The classic stand-up formula of this is like that. It's just a bunch of similes they throw at each other for about thirty minutes. Yeah, and then they're they do it through clever. a funeral. No, they're not. They're not particularly well thought out. In fact, if I had to go out in a limb, I'd say there was no script. I think there was a script in this first one. Do you? It's hard to say. <laughs> um, do you oh. want me to heckle when you die at your funeral? I think it would be appropriate. Yeah. Do you want me to heckle you? When I'm dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's not really any of my business what you do when I'm dead. Really? It's, I'm really indifferent towards the whole thing. I'm dead. If I clear it with your mum and dad, because I'm assuming they will both outlive you, based on how you live your life, would it be cool if we kind of turned your wake into a roast of you? That would be... Absolutely, that would actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Would would I be able to reciprocate? Well, should we make a pledge to one another? This is getting Ooh. real. If yeah, we, this so is getting a bit real. Whoever dies first. Well, hold on. The other one gets to throw, like it doesn't have to be the funeral, but a roast funeral. Fuck, man. I know. That's a pretty big decision to make, considering how much sleep we've had in the last week. <laughs> Because what if one of us dies young? Yeah. It's going to be really full on. Yeah. Yeah, dog. (laughs) But this is like the most interested I've been in talking with you so far tonight. So I feel like (laughs) we should go ahead and do it. Do you know what I'm saying though? Do you feel excited right now? First to go down, comedy roast by the other. Yes, absolutely. Let's shake on it. I take the shit really seriously, dude. So do I. I've got two tattoos on my butt from Lost Bets. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Oh my God. We should go. Terrifying. That's a weird commitment. That's really weird. I wish you health and prosperity, friend. Jesus. I don't know how I'm going to pitch that to Mr. and Mrs. Bat. No, 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 trust me, it's cool. I was going to correct, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, sorry, your mum didn't take it. Dr. Brennan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, she's got a PhD, bro, and I'd like you to start respecting that. Okay? I do respect that. Your mother is an angel. Um, what's up with the fact that Lamentsov's daughter, Donna, in the second movie, she's kind of nice. In this one, they're really playing up, and this is going to sound harsh, but they've, they've made her a fat bitch. And I... S- no, it sounds like I'm being really harsh, but they like, don't clap for that. Oh, wait, no, you saw the film. You can. You, yeah, you watched it with us. So they're playing up a lot of jokes about her eating cake with her hands and being very eager and ravenous to get into the food and that she's a very awful person. They, they did do that a lot. She was banging on the piano, but I also noticed they did that with Greg and Keithy. They just, there was no through line for like the actual character. All of the characters were assholes out of the gates and then they apparently reform at the lake, but it's not really explained how. Yeah. Because Keithy and Greg were really rude. They treated their... They had a, a nanny. They treated her like a slave. It was really like... It was Quite full on. But, and then they it were starts like, to make you wonder about the, um, the lake and to a wider extent within this franchise, the transformative power of water as a theme. <laughs> because we see a lot of water in the second movie as well, often related to the mystical powers of Brayden, who is a known warlock. And I'm wondering... If there's something about the lake that they're at, which has a... Uh, it's beyond behaviour-altering, like soul-altering powers for people who stay long enough at the lodge. Well, and, and we all know that these people are trapped in purgatory, so they had to spend, obviously, if you're in purgatory, some time. Yeah. All time. It's, it's, or um, no time. It's possible that's the of that we've underestimated the heady objectives of what this franchise was about. Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of this stuff probably slipped past the cinema-going public as well, Tim. Yeah. Uh, I, I fear that a lot of the people who saw Grown Ups probably did miss that, that strong motif running through the film. People get thrown off by that poster. That's the problem. Well, They're it's like, a very catchy poster. Yeah. You see a bunch of comedians in, like, uh, what are they called? Water donut things? Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
for a movie sit at a I lake. I feel like I could sub someone in from the crowd and they'd do a better job than me right now. That's how I feel. I feel, I feel the like same we've got way. a bright room here. I felt like I might do it. Really? Yeah. Who among you will be tribute? Mike, who turned 20 yesterday. Come up on stage, Mike. A round of applause for Mike, ladies and gentlemen. Not for you, just for a bit. Okay. I'm really jealous of what you're doing here. You're outsourcing this god-awful conversation to a recently minted 20-year-old. Let's go for it. So I've just written some thoughts as I was working on that. You just read them out as your own and we'll talk about them. I won't be as abusive to you as I am towards Tim. I don't know you, Mike. Is like written in air quotes because I'm having a hard time reading. Okay, kids are class. Kids are class. Uh, crass. Yeah, that's, and, that's and an they're R. crass okay. too. I agree. Both good points, Mike. You're an onto it dude. Um, <laughs> you know, the kids are classy, yeah. you know, in comparison to the grown ups I found, but they've also, just by virtue of the parenting they've been receiving, they're also kind of crass and, as we were just talking yeah. earlier, kind of rude. Have they're you seen grown ups, Mike? Fuck no. Yeah, you're a, you're a smart guy, Mike. Uh, you'll do well in this world. Um, I've seen clips here and there, and yeah? it seems like a movie I don't want to watch. As I said, you're a smart guy. Uh, <laughs> it's going to make it very difficult to unpack the movie, though, isn't it? It's going to make this conversation very interesting. What do you imagine, from having seen Grown Ups 2, mm-hmm. how do you think Steve Buscemi got his injury? <laughs> Take us on a tour, Mike. A mystery tour? That's right. So, he lost most of his feeling in his body. That is correct. Now, I'm going to assume in Grown Ups 1, yes. uh, Steve Buscemi works at some kind of batting cage. Mm. Let's say, it, you know, it's a small town. There's not much to do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you want to just take the kids down for some ice cream and, you know, hit some baseballs around. There's a batting cage slash ice cream parlor. Yeah, exactly. They, That's right. It's a good business model. <laughs> Snap that up, Mike. Write it down. <laughs> Someone in the audience come up with a great name. and um, Mike's. Yeah, Mike's. <laughs> great name. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll yeah, get something yeah, later. We'll, we'll anyway. Something out. So he works at the baseball. He works at Mike's. Around. Yeah, he works at Mike's. Betting and ice cream. The owner is a real piece of shit. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike, I don't want to... <laughs> you own this business. <laughs> In fairness, I am a real piece of shit. Okay, well, we, no, no, no. You're a cool guy. <laughs> Mike, keep talking, I'm listening. So, speaking of real pieces of shit, Adam Sandler and his family comes up. And yep. they want to hit some baseballs around. Yep. So Obviously. <laughs> that's probably why you go to the cages, right? That's why right? you go to Mike's. So, Adam Sandler's kid, uh, he gets some ice cream. It's Godiva because he loves that shit. Yeah. And Steve Buscemi is walking in front of the, the batting machine, the baseball throwing things. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Baseball guns. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. And one of the employees decides to have a little fun with him, turns up the batting devices all the way, full speed. So is this one of his. The inhibitors. This is one of his colleagues as well, isn't it? Yeah. Cause, cause Another why? employee of Mike's. Oh, wow. Perhaps Mike himself. Wow. Perhaps you. This is incredibly meta. So you're toying around, you're bloody playing around with Steve Buscemi at your fantastic business. You've got a great life, Mike. You're only 20, man. I'm a self-insert character in Grown Ups. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I wanted to okay, do. Okay, so you're fucking around with the machines. Yeah, I'm fucking around with Steve Buscemi. 
So the baseballs just come flying at him. Yeah. And he's getting hit in all sorts of places. It's a grown-ups movie. There's a crotch shot. He yeah. starts shitting himself. And then he slips on some ice cream, breaks his back. Hey, everybody, a round of applause for Mike. He just took us on a, on an outstanding mystery tour. Thank you so much. And it's actually... Yeah, actually, Mike, we owe you one. You did, you did bail us out of a pretty rough spot, then I'll give you a hug. Um, it's actually a great way to arrive at... at we can finally later rest the Steve Buscemi Mystery Tour. That was an interesting feeling for me, listening to Mike, and I'm sure for you, listening to someone else spitball ideas when we're sitting here with it's all of the information cool. in the world. Yeah. That was a really good one. Here's, here's what happens. Here's what actually happened to Steve Buscemi. This has been a long time coming, friend. Yeah. That was the hardest we laughed at the movie. I yeah. was in hysterics. Oh, yeah, you lost your shit, man. That was, that was actually, that was the moment probably where I released all of the expectations I had. Yeah. It was one of those laughs that you hear in your friends when um, something dreadful has happened and they don't know how to cope. Um, but it was also, it was one of those anticipatory laughs where you can see, you sort of see the incident before it happens and you're like, well, this is going to be bad for this person. Yeah. But it was like, ah, oh, yes, yes, lifting the lid on the mystery tour. Guys, continuing the theme of the restorative power of water uh, in the franchise, this scene is set inside a, uh, a, a water park, a water theme park, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, water park. exactly yeah. what they're called. <laughs> what do you call them here? We call them water parks in New Zealand. <laughs> and uh, people are cutting in line and things up the top, and... Uh, Interestingly, in this movie, and, and Grown Ups too, these three guys are separate, but in this movie, OJ, played by the guy with the cross-eyed with the crazy voices in a lot of Sandler movies, Steve Buscemi and Colin Quinn are buddies and, and they formed a bit of a gang. Yeah. And they're all at the water park um, alongside all of the families, the Lamonsoffs, the Faders, the uh, McKenzie's, the... Who are we missing? Higgins. The Higgins's. The Schneiders. <laughs> yeah. What is Rob's last name in this? It doesn't matter because he doesn't Presumably have Presumably Schneider. So they're at the, the top of a uh, hydroslide. And there's a big kind of flying fox thing. Zipline. Yeah. Do you guys call them flying foxes here? You don't, eh? Yeah, That's you gotta, a you got to be... That's a Kiwiism. you got to be a clear zip line. There's a zipline where you, you grab hold and you, you zipline over and then you drop into the water and it's quite dramatic because it's a long way yeah, up. To be honest, if health and safety saw that, if they'd ever visited this water park, I'm pretty sure that ride would be closed down because oh, there's yeah. an accident waiting to happen. There's no harness yeah. and you're like 20, 30 metres above the air. You just jump off a platform. And there's a lot of concrete and hard plastic before you get over the pool. And, like, there's no buffer at the end to, for a safety. It's just, like, a wall. And yeah. if you forget to let go or get the timing wrong, what's going to happen to you is... You're you going to see me yourself, yeah, you're gonna, which is what happens. So well, you're going to wind up with... It. Oh, no, yeah, in a series of increasingly daring escapades, uh, firstly, Adam Sandler's kid takes the reins and he does a pretty impressive jump off. And then Adam Sandler does a pretty impressive jump off. And then Colin Quinn dispatches Steve Buscemi to top it. Wiley. Who, by the way, Steve Buscemi's probably one of the low points. Like, you feel sad for Steve Buscemi's career in Grown Ups 2. He's funny in Grown Ups 1. His character's really jumpy and eager, and he's wearing a singlet. I thought that was great. Um, I know I've said it before tonight, but I am a little worried about you, bud. He was, he was funny in the movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Agree uh, to disagree. So what Steve Buscemi decide? well, he doesn't decide to do. What he's uh, bullied into doing is putting his feet in the bits where your hand goes. Like two stirrups. And so then, you hold the yeah. stirrups and let go, but Colin Quinn's like, do it with your feet. 
He didn't. He's yeah, dead on. I thought he was in the room. Yeah, yeah. Very good impersonation. I'm Colin Quinn. Do it with your feet. That's. You're an animal. Do it. Yeah. I believe in you. You are now. You sound like Colin I'm, Quinn. It's good, I'm right? I'm confused. We're very good at that. We're a Tim and Guy. Am I right? So. One of his feet falls out, the other one becomes lodged in the thing and he can't free it. And he ends up just ziplining himself into a nearby wooden shed and wasting himself against that smashing And throat. then, you must have been excited by this, so then he reappears later in the movie in his full body cast. You're so animated all of a sudden. Yeah, you well, loved this Mike's rejuvenated me. Okay. Like a, like a body of water. Um, he's got his arms in the air yeah. and he's wearing this whole cast and, uh, and there's a callback to that in the second movie. Yeah, which there is. You speculated was like qualified the time traveling theory that you stumbled into yes. late one night. On some pretty brain expanding stuff that we had done that evening. And you were absolutely not necessarily about the time traveling, but you were so on point with that. God damn it. We're so far up our own asses, no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. In the second movie of Grown Ups, there is a party and it's eighties themed, and at the back of one of the shots, there's a guy in a full body cast in the exact same position as Wiley has put in. It's very specific He's not even position. in focus. He's barely in frame. But, you, but I you, saw it. I yeah. like watched 40-something, right? I saw it in there in the party scene. I was like, the fuck is going on there? And I constructed a narrative about Wiley being a time traveler. And this kind of verifies that. So he's managed to escape the never-ending day groundhog purgatory nature of Stanton, Connecticut. He's managed to find his way through the Matrix and and wind up in the second movie while he's still got the cast on, but he's going back and forward. So he's he's at the Fucking he's at the weird. party twice anyway. What wow So that's that's the that's that. Sammy So now tour. we're all we're all clear on that. Uh, God, I feel like we just got out of the bus and we were in the desert. I feel like you're allowed to sub in if you want. No, no, no. I just feel like that we did, we did just essentially finish the Steve Buscemi mystery tour. And, um, it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, and the, and the destination was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, it pre- was like when you go to the airliner and you get one of those mystery holidays and you pay $3,000 for a return yeah. trip for one person. And they're like, guess what? You're going to a slightly southern part of the city that you're already in. Yeah. You You're going to out. one f- neighborhood further than you've ever been in your hometown. Yeah. There was a really low amount of payoff, huh? We thought of way better ideas for the mystery tour. We sure did, Tim. You've got a great brain on you. You've got a great pair of legs. I can't wait to see you do some distance running when we get home. Do you know what I liked about the first Grown Ups movie? Yeah. No. They, they played around a lot with the gender stereotypes and Chris Rock and Maya Rudolph's relationship, which does not come through in the second film. They really abandoned that thread. Well, they just wrote around the... Fa- they wanted Maya Rudolph. They wrote around the fact she was pregnant in real life. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. To Paul Thomas Anderson, who I would imagine... Paul Tompkins. Yeah, him too. Wait, which one? She's polyamorous. Okay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. No, no, no. I don't know. I can't remember the point. I've lost my head of steam. Jesus Christ. You're watching a man waste away. Yeah, clearly. So in the first Grown Ups movie, uh, Chris Rock is like cooking meals for the family. He's got an apron on. There's a lot of jokes at his expense from his mother-in-law about what a little bitch he is. I don't think that that's the stuff she's Did saying. You, hey, and on that note, Tim, you know in the second movie how there's that what we felt like was really unnecessary scene of interplay between Chris Rock and his mother-in-law where he's, he's constantly pranking her. Oh, shit, yeah. Do you feel like that prank that he pulls on her is 
like payoff. Is just as a as a just payoff for the taunting that he's he's been receiving from her. Kind of through except their for marriage. the fact that thing I couldn't get around with this movie, and I don't know if it's an American thing or not, is that just everyone is ripping on everyone else ruthlessly throughout their lives. When they're kids, they're dicks to each other. When they're adults, they're dicks to each other. And I don't... Maybe I don't have a thick enough skin, but I don't think I can make it out here in LA, man. I think I'd I don't crumble. alarm you, Tim, but if you were to listen back to some of the podcasts, which I certainly wouldn't do, the nature of our relationship has become pretty similar to what you've just described being afraid of. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I'm absolutely right. And uh-huh. that kind of makes sense because we've been putting ourselves through the grown-ups two-shaped ringer for a year. And if you come out of that ringer, I don't know what a ringer is. It's an expression. You're bound to... You're bound, you're it's actual... when you dry your clothes in. You wring your clothes out, but it, like a, a oh, slightly yeah. more mechanical version of that. So if you went through the ringer, you'd be fucked. I'm learning about colloquialisms. This is sure actually are. turning into something now. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like that deterioration of our relationship into an abusive one has accelerated while we've been in Los Angeles? Yes. Then I put it to you. Oh. That the theme of Grown Ups 2 as a franchise, thus being the positive transformative power of water, is held up in real life because what are we surrounded by in New Zealand and have not seen tons of in LA? Huge water. bodies of water. Oh, yeah. And the happiest- Ben Sandler's onto something, man. Water. <laughs> it keeps you alive. It's 80% of you. Yeah. I feel like we're here, we're pitching on behalf of a water company. We've found out Americans don't drink enough water. Um, that's not true. You don't swim in enough open bodies of water. Tim, can you please start talking again? I've written down here, <laughs> Becky is an angel. That's a through line for the movie. So at the start of the film in Grown Ups 1, Keithy and Greg, yeah. Adam and Selma's kids. Horn dogs. Massive assholes. Also horn dogs. Yeah. Uh, at a really young age. But yeah. Becky... You remember the first thing that Becky does is she ex- she drives the the car out the back of their mansion because she's trying to help Adam. She wants to fight. Like, it's the sweetest oh, thing. Oh, God, it was touching. She's she, like she the loveliest the f- person. So the phone was ringing and everyone in the house was busy. This all happens off camera. So she has picked it up and has a conversation with an adult person. And she's very young. So it must have been a very cute conversation. And she gets the news that Adam Sandler's childhood kind of mentor, coach, has passed away and gone to heaven. So she gets in the family car and tries to punch in heaven as a destination on the GPS and ends up driving the car into the backyard at a slow speed. It is a tearjerker. It is. But this is the thing, is that there's heart to that moment and Becky is genuinely like a lovable and wonderful character. And in the second movie, she's obviously learned how to deal with the parenting style of Adam because he's very aggressive and she she sort of can diffuse those situations... Uh, and I feel like it's it's a miracle that this angelic young girl who has been birthed by two bona fide assholes and is surrounded by two horndog shitbag brothers yeah. is just so consistently wonderful and loving. Like, Becky is an angel. Do you want to see a spin-off for Becky? What do you think becomes of her? I feel like she joins Doctors Without Borders or a volunteer service abroad or something, and they well, should make a movie about that. It would be going in a slightly different direction. I feel like the tone would be a little bit different to Grown Ups 1 and 2. But it's a movie I would like, ow, I would like to see. That was really gentle. Yeah, I know. I hit that, you know that bit that you yeah, hit yeah. in your it triggers knee your in it. Does anyone know what that's called? Anyone with the medical... 
I know it's generally a reflex. I meant the specific reflex. Sorry, I'm getting a little punchy. What else we got here? I've written down Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is just... All but cut completely out of the film. He goes down a water slide. Uh, Like, you don't even... If you didn't know it was Norm MacDonald, it would just be an extra. And he... That's his whole role. Like, one of the, probably one of the best comedic talents in the film just goes down a water slide and walks out of frame like, you know what, this is not for me. <laughs> this movie's not going to go well. I'm fucking Norm MacDonald. I would like, um, mainly out of satisfaction oh. for the two of us, because this seems like the most self-indulgent uh, episode of the podcast we've had thus far. Why not continue? I've simply got a subheading here, which I've called Callbacks. We postulated that Grown Ups 2 might be the greatest comedic film ever made, we just didn't have the context of the first film to piece it together. As it turns out, that was incorrect. <laughs> but they still do have a lot of setups to jokes that are in the second film that we didn't appreciate. I don't think you could call them setups, though. What they are is essentially those jokes in what you'd loosely describe as finished form that they just revisit in the second film. Yeah. It's not like a setup. It's not like a setup in the second film punch. It's like. Here's hey, a remember half-assed that gag. thing we did? Yeah, yeah. Well, Here it w- is again. It's this, it's, the two films are the same films with different non-plot lines. I'm going to take you through anyway. You, the light has gone out of your eyes. You look like you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, boy. Much cool. like grown-ups, cool. I'm going to give you this content anyway. That's okay. You're going to sit there and take it. Well, yeah, well, yeah cool. Ping and pulls and that blue stuff. Yep. Hey, can anyone in the crowd confirm? It's like, is that shit real? Because we've really gone... It isn't. It definitely isn't. It doesn't no. exist. So that was a callback. In the like second film, Shaquille O'Neal goes swimming in Adam Sandler's pool and does a wheeze, and there's a die in the pool which makes all of it go blue, so everyone knows he's done a wheeze. In the water park, all the men are pissing in a pool. All the grown-ups piss weird. in a pool, and none of the kids do. Yeah. Which is weird, isn't it? No, that's funny, you oh, see? of course. That's what humour is. That's the trouble with our perspective, Tim, is that everything we think is weird is actually one of the jokes of the film. Exactly. So we're completely misreading both of them. Ice cream cones, I've written down. Why did I? You tell me. Because Greg crushes an ice cream cone in the first movie and he crushes an ice cream cone in the second movie. That's why you wrote that down. Keep firing them at me. I'm feeling good. Bunions. Yep. Uh, Chris Rock's mother-in-law has bunions. That is... You know, same joke, both movies. Hit me. Dear. Spelled D-E-E-R. Hey, we used a dare in the first movie. Why don't we bring it back, give it a bit of a media role in the second. Keep going. Water jump. Uh, Yep. That was a big one. (laughs) Uh, Look at him. No, man, the, the, you know. That's the guy Montgomery that I know and love. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to see you. No, no, no. Where you been, man? Fucking hiding behind myself. I've lost it. You've bloody sucked it out of me by building it up. But what happens in the second movie is they're walking to do Suicide 35 off the top rock, 35 feet above the water. My mum did that jump when she was pregnant with me. On the way there, they're bullying Kevin James because he's afraid to do it. He never did it as a child. But Chris Rock says to him, what are you scared of, man? You're the rope from the the tree, tree, triple flip, flip, bird crush guy. guy. In Grown Ups 1, we see that exact stunt, the rope from the tree, triple flip, bird crush. Yeah. because That's why I just got excited. We, had, we went into this in, a, in an episode of the podcast. We were like, what? it took us about 30 watches. We were like, what the fuck is Chris Rock saying? We had to slow it down and rewatch it. We were like, that line is just, the fuck are you talking about? 
and it finally makes some sense. So is that a does that make that a callback? Is that qualified? Did you have that sure. in the book? Yeah, no, it's a callback. It absolutely is, and thus concludes the callback subsection Surely of my not. notes. Um, now, I'm loath to get into this because it's dark, but I feel like it's not in the spirit of the podcast to hold back on things like this. Okay. Okay. So I want to acknowledge the fact that in this movie we just saw, Grown Ups One, um. Some really dark shit comes out that they really gloss over or make light of and then move on swiftly. Yeah. And I, it's pretty full on. I'm pretty sure I know one of the specific references you're talking about. I've got three at least. There's one of them. They're talking about the last time they, uh, the gro- obviously the male grown ups, uh, they serve as the protagonist for the film because, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. Um, and. They're talking about the last time they had sex with their wives. Yeah. And Kevin James is like, last time I had sex, uh, she was half asleep. And then they all sort of like, ha, ha, ha. And then he's like, no, 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 actually, she was asleep. She was fully asleep. And then they laugh. Didn't sit well with me. (laughs) Call me a flaming liberal, but uh, I like my sexual partners like I like my hot meals, fully conscious, you know? Yeah, you do like sentient meals, don't you? You're really big on I like both of us to know what we're entering into. I'm sorry, but this is the dynamic lasagna. I have to eat you now. No, Tim. (laughs) Um, But I'm awake. I'm alive, man. And you go, you know the rules, lasagna. They're messing with Higgins when he's passed out drunk on a couch and they're they're throwing all kinds of weird shit at him. And they bring up um, a child molestation incident that he starts reenacting in his head while half asleep. And I'm there going, hey, Adam Sandler and Kevin James, what's you up to? Hey, Tim, you're starting to sound like a real party pooper, man. Yeah, this, sorry, dude. This but movie's I, meant to be some lighthearted fun. I don't know. I just I <laughs> no, feel like I agree it's important well. that we bring yeah. this shit up. And what was the third one? I can't remember, actually. That's okay. I'm sure it was in there. But yeah, I agree. Those are, those are very dark, like, and they're not... It, they're not clever or funny, obviously. They're just no. like throwaway comments, which are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move forward, shall we? Um, <laughs> I want to bring the, the mood up a little bit. Um, and we're, we're fast running out of uh, self-imposed time limit because this is a pretty yeah. dark conversation. Um, and yeah. it needs to end at some point. Adam Sandler needs to make a basketball film. He needs to stop jamming basketball references into other existing films. And it just needs to go, you know what I want to make? I want to make a fucking movie about basketball. And I'll bet it would be a good movie because that dude's got some skills on the court. He obviously loves basketball. He exclusively dresses in clothes which enable him to play basketball at any opportunity. If you walk up to Adam Sandler at any point in the day and say, do you want to play basketball? He is game ready. Yeah. Like, even, even when, when he goes, goes on, on talk shows. Conan, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, sorry, sorry I'm late. I've just been playing basketball. Or, sorry I'm late. I was briefly in a suit which was essential for a moment, but I had to change into basketball shorts to come here in case a game breaks out. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I know it's unlikely, Conan, but I'm not running the risk. I really like basketball. And his skills are really showcased in this first, first movie. You don't see it at all in the second well, one. We heard today that uh, off, during Grown Ups 2 and filming, we had some insider information they just break in between takes to go and play basketball 
and it was a really slow-moving production because they'd have to get all their makeup and stuff redone before they went back on camera. You're it's totally real, on point with this. It's a fucking dick move as well because on like a movie set, a lot of people are there doing their one little thing. You've got catering, you've got your lining people, you've got your soundies, you've got your whatever else, you've got your grips, your camera operators. Everyone's fucking there to do their one thing. And then Adam Sandler's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play some b-ball. It's like, dude, you're fucking up everyone's shit, man. He's also paying all of those people to be there. What we so heard... He's essentially hiring a crowd under the guise of making a film <laughs> so people can admire how good he is at basketball. It is the most dramatic version of, hey, mum, look at me. Yeah, I'll yeah. bet I can make this 3 I'm going to make a really awesome comedy career just so that I can pay people... To watch me play basketball. I don't think that's right. To the point where, and I, I can't verify this obviously, but what we had heard in passing is that they had to construct a massive artificial tent over like a city block so that they could shoot Not a city block, scenes. just like a large block of land. Not a whole city block. Yes, it, um, city block is a big... It is, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But over the top of a mansion so that they could pretend it's nighttime to do the nighttime shoots during the day because Adam Sandler had thrown the schedule so wildly out of whack with his basketball antics. What sort of mo- what, what sort of basketball movie would you like to see from Adam Sandler? Sort of like a maybe a Space Jam sequel featuring Kevin Durant or like a well, This is what I want to see now. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm full of them. Uh or like, do you want to see a documentary, or do you want to see just Adam Sandler engaging with professional basketball players? Do you want to? Do you want fiction, non-fiction? What are you after? I want to see Adam Sandler playing his natural game. Uh, holy smokes! That is the title of the film. Natural game. Natural game. It's an underdog story of Adam Sandler uh, playing himself, but due to CGI and makeup, at age sixteen transferring to an all-African-American part of Chicago where he attends a public high school. The basketball team there is sensational, and he loves basketball. He lives and breathes it. He's moved from Nebraska, uh, where he was the best dude there, and it's very much a, like, big fish, little pond into big pond, little fish scenario. Yeah. And heaps of people give him shit. They call him a honky, and he proves himself to the school and a girl... There's a romantic interest. Well, this is the other dual narrative of natural game, right? Oh, yeah. He's also learning. Holy shit, yes. That's maybe where he learns the three-step technique, which he then passes on to his children. If you haven't heard the three-step technique, it is firstly make the girl smile. Secondly. comment on how pretty her smile is. Thirdly. And then insist that she goes out with you that night. Why that night? Because it gives her less time to think about how ugly you are. Fugly. Because you are fugly. That's right. You've just pitched a... I don't Pretty know, cohesive Yeah, film. that's as close to sense as we've made in the last 50 minutes. You're welcome, Sandler. Um, it would be nice to see him make a movie that he's passionate about again, though, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like this is the way to do it. I feel like we're fast running out of time. Uh, I would like to say, does anyone in the crowd have anything they would like to shout at us from their position? Tim, where is the knife? Pad. Yeah. Uh, well, Tim's getting the knife. Any other any any questions that you didn't maybe get to ask last night or you've been wondering? Yeah. Well, Tim Meadows in the first film, actually, he has a different catchphrase. He only gets used twice, which is booyah. Um, 
And they were obviously like, that's expired. We've got to rewrite it. What's catchy? What's with it? What's one syllable? Wait, I'm saying it. What? <laughs> so it's bizarre to me. Some people just applauded you for having a knife. <laughs> that's the beauty of being a knife guy. People appreciate it. Yeah, go or and take a photo. scared of you. What? Like, or they're scared, scared of you. No, no, not old Timbo. Not old Timbo and Knifey. No, we're good guys. We're just a cool couple of co-hosts of a podcast, you know, doing our thing. I feel like you do a lot of the heavy lifting and the knife is just there as a, as a knife, essentially. That's as a beauty, weapon that you carry with you. That's the beauty of the knife. It's like, you know, when you're doing a really good job, you're invisible. That's the knife. I don't know the numbers, but I feel like statistically you're more likely to be involved in a knife incident if you carry a knife. Well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, those numbers don't add up. Uh, but in answer to your question, thank you for bringing it up because I really would have forgotten that. Uh, the knife is here. Thank you. Any, yes. other, any other questions? What gag or scene are you most excited to never have to see again to grow up to? There's a lot of them. Well, I know what you're going to say. I could answer your side for you. Okay. It's oh, yeah, I'll, and then I'll do yours for you. Okay, cute. Yeah, we are cute. I feel like we're falling back in love. As all, as all we just, like, purge ourselves, like, we just wash all of this fucking grown-ups to stank off ourselves. We're going to have, like, six days in between where we like each other again, and then we're going to start watching. And sex in the city, too. Anyway. Um, it's for Guy Montgomery. Guy Alexandra Halifax Montgomery. Did I get the order of the middle name? Yeah, you also got the gender of Alexandra right. Cool. Oh, I did or didn't? Yeah, no, you Why'd did. Why'd you bring it up if it's correct? It was a, I was Guy's least favourite part of the movie, the bit he hates every time we see it in Grown Ups 2, is at Becky Fader's ballet recital. And there is a sequence at the back wall where some terrible production music starts kicking in. And we see a pan of uh, uh, officers Dante and Flazou. Uh, played by Shaquille O'Neal and, and um, Peter Dante. We see Higgins, played by David Spade. We, uh, we see, see Nick Swartzen, Nick Swartzen. we see Chris Rock, and we see... We don't see Kevin James. They're at the, dan- at the back of the dance doing this weird little dance and a dance break, and uh, I can sympathise with you. You're right to bring it up, because it's a terrible part of the movie. <laughs> that, Tim's right. That's the part I'd yell at the screen probably it's the most. awful. So I what's think the least your least favourite part of the film, where you go, fuck off, is that it's really close to the start. It's in the, <laughs> it's in the Lamonsoff household. Um when Donna comes in, she's wearing the boots that she's bedazzled herself. Yeah. And she... No, no, sorry, it's not. It's, she's, she might still be wearing the boots. It's at the gym. I'm sorry, but it is Donna-based. It's at the gym when Bumpy and Charlotte are, like, lining up their date, and she's on the, you know, she's on the side. It means nothing to anyone, but Yeah, yes, no, but yeah. The, this is the bit for you, right? Yeah. You, you, you hate the exit she has from shot. It's like a half a second's moment, and Tim's like, yeah, that's right. You Get can, off the camera! You can say, you can say what I say. He says, waddle off, Donna. He says that. <laughs> and that, yeah. That's it. Those are our two least favourite moments, respectively. We've probably got time too. for two more. If that, if you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it might. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it's, so. It's funny, the whole Sex in the City 2 thing, we'd known it for a little bit, but it didn't seem real because it was like we hadn't arrived at that hurdle yet. That was just, 
it was an idea rather than a reality. And even mm. after last night, the fact that we were going to watch it 52 times didn't seem real. And then when we were watching Grown Ups 1 today, and I wasn't enjoying Grown Ups 1, which I'd been looking forward to for yeah. half a year, I was like, oh, oh well, we've really gone and done something now, Tim. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of regret yeah. um, going on then. So, yeah, it's, we, it's, it's like it is... The time commitment is, is definitely something to think of as well because when it happens every week, like a 15-minute difference in the movie makes an impact. I believe the delta between Grown Ups 2 and yeah. Sex and City 2 is 40 minutes. Someone did the maths for us. We're going to spend about an extra, I think, 30 hours watching Sex and the City 2 to what we did with, with Grown Ups 2, uh, which is a lot of time when you say it out loud now <laughs> and will continue to be throughout the year. We were talking about this with someone earlier today. Like, um, we We... There was a possibility that we could have pulled out after last night because that was the expectation that we had sowed. Um, that we had arrived at the destination that we had advertised for everyone. We were, we were going to get to the end of Grown Ups 2 and then that was it. And there was a large part of me going, why don't we just pursue There's, that? There is a lot. Like there, I still think that half of both of us... And also, we don't usually talk about this on the podcast, but our girlfriends. Why don't you tell everyone, when you told your girlfriend what the plan was... After we finished watching Grown Ups 2... Yeah, she didn't see the humour in it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you said... She got very upset and she said, I just don't want Sex in the City 2 to be a part of my life for a year. <laughs> Which I can sympathise with. And she's right to uh, not want that. Like, yeah, it is, the impact is real. This is affecting more than just us. Yeah, we're bringing loved ones into this thing and I, I feel terrible. She could be listening right now. You should apologize to her. You go, Zoe. <laughs> Sorry, Zoe. Zoe, baby. This is, this is Tim speaking. Zoe, baby, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I can't top that. I'm going to use that one. Uh, gentleman behind the lady who asked that very person. This is the question. last one, and we've got to make it quick because we, we're about to go over time. So. Oh, you didn't have a question? Well, that's perfect. Or did... No, it's no, but in a second. There was another bodily there was another Kevin James bodily function joke. Yeah. Uh, he's got a dysfunctional penis, presumably prostrate problems. He cannot urinate. Uh, you know, he doesn't with get a, a good flow with on. a steady flow. He stops which, and starts a lot. Which, hey, I'm no doctor, but I think it's like an early warning of uh, bladder cancer, right? Or yeah, or a, or a prost- gallbladder prost- prostate. Stone, prostate cancer. Yeah, yeah, right. He should get a checkup, uh, as all men over 40 should, which is actually why we called this conference in the first place. So come on, folks. Whack a digit up yeah, there. Don't be Let's afraid. What's going and on. also, woman, check, check your breasts. Uh, like, just ge- in general, be aware, be health, health conscious. And just briefly, I'll say this. I thought the second grown-ups was sexist. This first one was... Right? You guys saw it. Awful. Like, neither of them are... <laughs> particularly good for society or your no. mental health and yeah. um, take it from us guys I'd like to say that we're very excited about season 2 and that we want you to join us on our journey I would like to say that but at this moment in time it's simply untrue uh, I would like you to follow our journey though because otherwise what is quite meaningless becomes entirely meaningless yeah and I, I'd also like to take the opportunity once again uh, we can't express our thanks enough that you'd even show up and listen to this conversation. I'm sorry we came in, a, or particularly I speak on behalf of myself for being so tuckered out. It's been a big year. Um, <laughs> it's been a big year for, for Baton Montgomery. And yeah. 
I'm dreading doing it again, but you guys do make it all worthwhile. Uh, no, you don't. That's disingenuous. Well, I don't think so. No, you don't. If make- that was true, I'd be in a way better mood than I am right now. And I would too, Tim. I'm trying to end this thing on a positive note. We've already gone one minute over, so let's just uh, get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, please, can you give a big round of applause to Tim Bat? And by round of applause, please thank Mr. Guy Montgomery for his contribution. Round of applause for yourselves. Thank you so much again for coming out tonight. We'll We're see gonna... you on the internet, folks. Good yeah. night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.